0: Joint scouting hands Thursday, August 22nd. That's tomorrow. From noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite, 204. Asking anything you want Wednesday. What do you want to ask? What do you want to know? Stinky Pear wants to know what's your favorite burger place.
1: Absolute favorite? Favorite. I don't know that I could say that I really have an absolute favorite. I'd probably favor uh, Five Guys, but The Habit, in and out on and on. There's a slew of really good ones. Keep your questions
0: coming. At David DJ James, at PK Kenahan on Twitter. Facebook, you can go to DJ and PK. And use your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, and send us your questions, and we'll get to all of them coming up. Time right now to talk a little Utah football, a little BYU football, a little Aggie football with our college football insider, Riley Jensen. He's coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning.
2: Good morning, guys. What's happening?
0: It's the countdown to college football. We don't really want to wait another week, but we're going to because we have no choice. There there are question marks for all these uh, teams, all these position groups, and interestingly, there's different levels of confidence, but a little bit of a question behind all the offensive lines. Which team, which fan base should feel most confident that the O-line has got it together and is ready to, to get it done, and which has got the most question marks and should have the most stress going into the opener?
2: Yeah, I think when it comes to offensive line, uh, you know, the more and more I'm hearing out of camp, the more that, that I think about it, I think BYU's in a pretty solid situation offensively. You know, it, it'll be interesting to me because um, you, you know they're going to want to pound the rock. You know that they're going to want to establish the run game early with Coach Grimes and, and his system so they can get some, some easy play action throws for Zach. Um, but what'll be interesting to me is how much they're going to open up the playbook a little bit. And I I actually kind of hate that phrase, like open up the playbook because now I don't know an offensive coordinator that doesn't put the whole playbook in, but when it, when it means open up the playbook, it means how much confidence do you have to put the quarterback in a situation where it's just a throwing down and you're just going to throw it and you're going to have enough confidence in him to go from read number one to two and then even to three. That's when, that's when I feel like the playbook playbook really opens up, is that you feel confident in your quarterback enough that he can go not just from one to two, but from one to two to three and get you a completion. And so I think they're going to pound the rock. I think they're in a good spot offensively. It'll be interesting because most of the pass blocking for BYU has been in the play-action scenario. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see when they know it's a passing down, when defenses know that you're going to pass it, how well that offensive line responds. So I think I think they're the, the, the most ready. I think the one that you, you just have to worry about the most is the University of Utah. There's just too many new guys, too many things filling in. Um, but when it comes to that, I also have a lot of confidence in their staff. I have a lot of confidence in Andy Ludwig to have a blocking scheme together that's going to be able to protect Ty Huntley. And then I think Utah State's somewhere in between um with their offensive line but when when I look at it I think BYU is the most prepared I'd be most worried about Utah but I also have a lot of confidence in in all three of the staffs with their offensive line and and the work that they do there
1: so the rankings come out and it's been a love fest for weeks now with the University of Utah football team and you know I'm expecting them to be good but I got to pump the brakes a little bit. It's my natural instinct. If everyone's going over here, I'm going to look for a path to go over there. Everybody knows that, right? You? you Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, (laughs) I know most people don't like you, but I love you. You know, that type of thing. I mean, I always go against the grain.
2: I do the exact same thing. I don't care what people say about you, PK. I'm, I'm your biggest <laughs> fan. I'm, I'm a big fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading uh, this morning, 2019 college football crystal ball, playoff picks, dark horse predictions, and more by Sports Illustrated. It's a guy named Max Meyer. And, he, and I'll just read you a couple things. And I'm going to respond, and then I want your response. You look foolish more often than not when picking a Pac-12 team to emerge as a surprise college football tender college football playoff contender but I'm all in on Utah the Utes offense was rolling in October last season as they dropped at least 40 points in four straight conference games all right back that up they did score 40 in October against Stanford Arizona and the two LA schools Stanford scored 40 but it was not on offense completely Jalen Johnson had a 100-yard interception return, and Matt Gay had four field goals, two of which were over 45 yards. So that is, what is 12 plus 7, Sniggy? 19. All right, so that's 19. So that's almost half of their points came on a 100-yard interception return and the best kicker this state has ever seen. And he's gone. And maybe this kicker, Rauch, will be all that, but... He transferred from UC Los Angeles for a reason, because he wasn't the kicker. And now he won the job here. So I don't know that I could expect them to just, okay, we're 48, 49 yards on the road. You're our guy, son. Go give us three. Matt Gay gave you 12 on that day. And then the other, the two L.A. schools in Arizona, in scoring defense, that was the 8th, the 10th, and 11th teams in the conference. So can we back it up just a little that these guys are just going to steamroll over everybody? Or do you think I'm up in the night and yes, they are going to steamroll everybody and it's going to be no problem. Respond, Riley R. Jensen.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm with you and I'm not with you. Here, here's where I'm with you. I think that both you and DJ have done a good job of breaking down those four games and I think the four games were really interesting because it was the best that we'd seen Ty Huntley play. And so it gets a little bit exciting, like, okay, maybe he's turning the corner. Maybe he can start doing this on a consistent basis. But I think also some of it was a result of the stickers on the helmets looking more impressive than the wind. So the USC win to the, to the rest of the country, that feels like, wow. I mean, they're taking it to USC, right? Even though USC is way down from where they've been Stanford, not nearly the team that they have been. And I know this stat because of you guys, and I've been listening to you. Seven and five, right? That's not not a typical great Stanford team by their standards, but the sticker on the helmet makes you think, oh, that's a good win. UCLA has a tradition, sticker on the helmet, that's a nice win, right? So you go through those wins, and you're like, okay, this wasn't against Oregon and Washington, right? This wasn't like they were just really playing – However, I will say this, it still is the Pac-12. It is still a high level of play. But I think when you break it down even further, like you're talking about, I just don't see how Utah can play as good on special teams as they've played for the last three years. I mean, the special teams have been off the chain good. It's always an emphasis for the University of Utah. But I think where I'm, I'm sitting here going, I, there's been some hidden points and some hidden wins with special teams. I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off there. I think their defense is going to be really good. I think their offense is going to be better than they are. So as nice as it is to be kind of the the media darling and the, the, the homecoming queen of this media season for the University of Utah, I hope they're not reading the press clippings. I know that Kyle's not. I hope the players aren't. I hope they're not starting to believe the hype because, you know, and people people always say this, but, nobody cares about preseason All-American awards. Nobody cares about preseason picks. It's about what happens during the season. Now, if the University of Utah goes through this season and because of the love that they're getting, it helps them because of their RPI ratings and all those sorts of things, and they go out and take care of business, I think it could be a special season just because there's been so much love for them, but they have to go and they have to execute on a high level. And I think the question mark of the offensive line and the offense is going to be the difference. And I truly believe this is this is just like the gospel according to Riley. This isn't, but I think you have to have a great quarterback play to win the Pac-12. And so far, Utah has not won the Pac-12. Now we know they have won the Pac-12 south. But to me that's kind of like a I don't know what that award is, right? You win the Pac twelve South. I don't to me you're trying to win the Pac twelve. And to win it, you have to have great play at the quarterback position. I have not seen great, great play out of Tyler Huntley yet. That doesn't mean that he can't get there, but he's it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of games that are on his shoulders and the plays that he makes are gonna determine whether this team can win the pack twelve and be the media darling that everybody wants him to be or they're not going to be because he doesn't make the plays. And that's why you have to love the position of quarterback is because when it doesn't go well, it's your fault. When it goes well, everybody's going to love you and everybody will love Tyler Huntley if he makes those plays. And I think if I were advising him, I just say, Hey man, pressure is a privilege. You've earned this spot. You've earned this pressure Now just go and do what you're supposed to do because there's going to be a lot of pressure situations on him, and he's got to step up to the challenge because I haven't seen that it factor in him yet. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have it. It just means I haven't seen it yet where I'm like, oh, man, this guy has the ball in his hands, and he's going to make a play at the end of the game to get us to win this game.
1: And that's what I want to make sure that I'm clear on. I'm not saying he can't. But I'm just not saying all this love. I just want to put somewhat of a little bit of a caution to it, and I not agree. assume I, that it's, everything it's is going to be great this year. Yeah,
2: it's it's, it's 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 an over the top love right now. I, I'm just like, okay, okay, yes i i am I'm with you. I think Utah has tons of athletes. I think that they have a chance to be really good this year, but. Like you said, pump the brakes a little. Like, let's let's lower the expectation just a little bit.
1: Right. And then
2: if you beat that, then you feel great yeah, about DJ's it.
1: Yeah, DJ's just been going nuts all year about it, and it's just driving me crazy.
2: He's making know, stuff he's like
1: up. Oh, and you're going to go like, with him. I see how nah, this
2: works. He's, he's just like that guy yeah. that proposes to the girl, like, on the second date. He's down on one knee, <laughs> he's giving her roses, and he's ready to get married. You know, he's just – got to pump the brakes, DJ. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Pump
0: the breaks. I think a lot of the preseason stuff we're hearing is spot on. I'll give you a couple examples. Of course you do. The coaches poll and the media poll have them ranked 14th and 15th. And if you look at what that usually means for a team, the uh,
2: the did you look?
0: I did. I'm looking at it, it right now. The <laughs> rankings for uh, teams nine through 17 last year. Uh, almost all of those teams were nine and three. Washington State was ten and two, and they were thirteenth. And West Virginia was in that group, and they were eight three because they had a game canceled by weather. But basically, when you say someone's between eleven and fifteen, which is where the Utes are showing up a lot, you're saying they're a nine and three team. Now, I don't think you need to pump the brakes on nine and three. I think the people who have a nine and three or ten and two are in the ballpark. The people who are saying playoff, I get why you want those people to pump the brakes. But basically, I think most people looking at the Pac-12, they have no idea who's going to win the Pac-12 media. Oregon, Utah, and Washington were separated by two or three votes. I mean, they were all, you, you got to pick somebody, but you're not sure who it's going to be. PK is the outlier, and he's saying, look at Washington State. And a coach who would normally downplay it is saying, yeah, we were 11 and 2, and we should be better. I heard you say that. Do you buy Mike Leach when he says they're 11 and 2, and they're going to be better? Because if they're going to be better, I mean, they're the team we ought to be looking at to win the Pac 12.
2: Okay, so just real quick, before we get too excited about coaches' polls, just know that coaches don't care about coaches' polls. Here's how I know. I got to vote three times during the year, one year, at North Carolina State on the coaches' poll for Coach (laughs) Amato. So, like, let's, let's take it into context a little bit. Now, I'm not saying every coach in the country does that. There are some coaches that vote on it, and they're the ones who, Know like really or meticulous, but Coach Amato could, couldn't care less about the coaches' poll, and he used to pass it around to the DJs, the the GAs so that we could so that we could fill it out. And he did the same thing for postseason awards for All American. I voted on All American when I was at North Carolina State. So, as far as the coaches' polls go, I mean, was I really qualified to like vote on like the polls? I, I don't think so. Not. Not at 27 years old when I'm, I've am i got my head so deep into special teams and offensive um, game plans that I have no idea what teams look like. I was voting for stickers on the helmet. So just take that for what it's worth. And then as far as Washington State goes, I don't remember Mike Leach ever really being a guy that, like, really sticks up for his team that much. Like, I, I mean – I've heard him make fun of the pools before. I've heard him make fun of the fact that they're not ranked or something like that, but I've never I've never heard him say it and then followed up with, like, and we're better than we were last year. And so, there's part of me that feels like, man, I, I should probably listen to him a little bit and take a little closer look at Washington State. I mean, they're, they're a team that's been interesting to me because nobody ever picks them to win any games. And it feels like the University of Utah every year has had, had their hands full with Washington State, and it feels like they, they beat teams that we all think they shouldn't. When are we going to start flipping and turning and going, no, Washington State should win this game? So to me, there's, there's some truth to that, and it'll be interesting to see if he's right. He certainly has, has my attention as far as he, he thinks they're better than last year. They were, they were really good. They played some really good defense. And man, for a team that just throws the ball so much, he sure, he, he, he sure is able to keep the chains moving. Riley
0: Jensen joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what is the one thing? You've been listening to us. What is the one thing we've missed on? Go ahead. Call us out. What is the one thing that should be underlined, circled, highlighted?
2: uh that you've that you've missed
1: you're speaking for DJ because I haven't missed anything
2: <laughs> there it is well I mean you guys have morphed into a lot of things you know I've been listening to you I mean there's been things been wrong on and then you came full circle and you're right but God, I can't think much that you're off I'm I'm excited uh, sorry I'm 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 semi optimistic to see what happens at the running back position at BYU? Um, I'm I'm thinking that this guy out of South Carolina sounds like he's a pretty legit every down type back. I also think uh, Zach Lopini Katoa is a, a really well rounded back. Um, Katoa reminds me of a lot of the backs that they used to have in the past, like you know Matt Bellini. Um, the type of guy that can run the draw trap for you. He can get you some tough yards to keep you off balance, and he's really, really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a super hard worker and a good kid, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And then if this guy from South Carolina is a legitimate uh, every down back, I mean, that's going to be a big deal for Zach Wilson to be able to continue to to his upward trend as a quarterback. And I think I, I think when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about the quarterback positions, I mean I'm really excited to watch all three of these quarterbacks at the FBS schools play. Jordan Love, Tyler Huntley, Zach Wilson. I'm excited to see him play. I think one lesson that I learned early in my career and I had some real success early in my career, later it was a little a little tougher is when you have success it's a direct result of your teammates playing well. And when I played well, I had guys like Kevin Curtis catching the ball. I had a Lance Mickelson catching the ball, played at Kentucky. My tight end played at the U. My fullback played at Cal Berkeley. They, they, early in my career at Snow, like these were really, really good football players. And I, I'm not going to lie. Like I started walking around thinking like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a pretty good quarterback. I'm pretty dang good. And then I got to Utah State, and I realized Kevin Curtis was no longer on the roster. Lance Mickelson's no longer on the roster. Some of these guys are no longer on the roster, and my stats aren't even close. So it'll be interesting to me that there's a there's a healthy balance for quarterbacks of being super confident in yourself and super confident in your abilities, but then realizing that sometimes when you're replacing key players, like up at Logan at Utah State, they're replacing a lot of their 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 They're playmakers. And at BYU, they're still developing playmakers. And at University of Utah, they're still trying to find out who their playmakers are. So these quarterbacks, as good as they are and as confident as they need to be in their situation, they also need to understand that those teammates are going to be the ones that make them look good. And so hubris is the enemy. You know, your ego is the enemy um, when it comes to playing the quarterback position. You've got to be smart about who you're throwing the ball to, where you're throwing the ball, and it'll be interesting to see to me which one of these quarterbacks with a new group of guys that they're working with can step up and make all the plays that they made last year because it was was a pretty encouraging year last year at certain spots for all of those quarterbacks.
0: Riley, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week.
2: I can't wait. I'll see you guys later.